Motzei Shabbat Parashat Shemot 2021. Let's continue talking about the halachot of Tahanun. Shohan Aruch, as I mentioned, Siman Kof Lamed Aleph, deals with these halachot with regards to Tahanun. First and foremost, he mentions something that we described in the past. It's En Ledaber Ben Tefila Lenefila Tapaim. His initial statement is that you shouldn't talk unnecessary talk in between Amida, that's Tefila, and Nefilat Tapaim. And the reason, as we mentioned, was Harambam in his Hilchot Tefila makes clear that Tahanun is an extension of the prayer. In fact, the way it once was, it was an individual endeavor. Each person, when they finished Amida, would then add on to the Tefila their own personal supplications. As a result, for eternity, we're supposed to envision the Tahanun as an extension of our Amida. Tur in Siman Koflamid Aleph describes Tahanun as the next stage. You had the sitting stage of the Tefillah, you had the standing stage of the Tefillah. Now, the next stage of Tefillah is the Nefilat Apaim stage. How's Nefilat Apaim supposed to be performed? Well, once upon a time it was done Bekida Ubeshtahavayaz, how the Gemara and Masechet Megillah and elsewhere describes it. In other words, people would fall straight down to the ground or they would almost half fall to the ground, they would put themselves on their knees, and then bow further. That's the way Tahanun was once done. For one of several reasons, we no longer do such a thing. The Gemara and Masech Megillah talks about how there's any sort of Evin Maskit. The Torah talks about not bowing on some sort of stone ground. And as a result, uh, well, that fear, the Gemara seems to describe on Daf Kaf Bet, is the fear that for eternity changed the reality of how we do Tahanun. As I mentioned, however, there are still certainly amongst Ashkenazim, some Sfaradim until today, who will use their arms, they'll have their, uh, their head on their arm during what we call the Nefilat Apaim, after the Vidui, right? The Vidui is the first part, then you'll have the Nefilat Apaim in order to maintain a little bit of that tradition, they'll still put their head down as I mentioned as well, on 67th Street, Rabbi Shema told me more than once, the rabbis used to do nefilat apayim. They used to put their head on their hand. He said, only the rabbis, not the kahal. I don't know if that was a Syrian thing or it was an Israeli thing or what it was. But as we said, used to happen. Well, anyway, that being the case, in the daber ben tefillah nefilat apayim, the description is we're continuing the prayer in the next stage, and we have a new posture for this next stage. In Sa'if Bet, Shohan Aruch has the following statement, nefilat apayim miyoshev velo me'omet. It's supposed to ideally be done sitting down. In Beit Yosef, he explains this al Pia Kabbalah, but he describes how the Avad, if you're not able to, I don't know when you'd have to be standing, you don't have a seat, you're allowed to do it standing. Continues Raman, this is what I'd like to, the first of two points that I'd really like to focus on tonight. He says, Yesh Omrin, de'en nefilat apayim ela b'makom sh'yesh aron v'sefer Torah betocho. Says Ramar, b'moshe Isilis, he says the halacha is that nefilat apayim, we'll call tahanun, can only be done in a place where there's A, an aron, aron kodesh, and inside of it a sefer Torah. Taz, Rabbi David Segel, quoted by Mishnah Bura, says the Aron is Lavdafka. It didn't need to be an Aron, but the Sefer Torah is Bidafka. Where is Ramah getting that from? And his Darke Moshe, truth is, Beit Yosef cites this. It's cited from Rokeach. Rokeach's name was Rabbi Ezra of Vermeiza, of Worms. It was an important Ashkenazic Posek Halacha. And in his book, Rokeach, he states, Clearly, without full understanding for us, it says Tahanun should only be done because of its elevated status of some sort in the context of Sefer Torah. It doesn't say Minyan, it says Sefer Torah, which means to say if you're home, if you're in a side room, maybe, of a synagogue and there's no Sefer Torah, perhaps you shouldn't be doing Tahanun at all. 
maybe you should do portions of the Tachanun, there are different minhagim, but Shohan Aruch, if you paid attention, does not record this. In Beit Yosef, when he cited from Rokeach, of course, Rabbi Yosef Karo writes first his Beit Yosef, a commentary on Tur, and then he codifies it in Shohan Aruch, in his Beit Yosef. He quotes from Rokeach, and he has the following reaction. He says, Im kabbalahi nikabel. If this is a tradition, all right, what are we going to do? We'll accept it. He says, if this is deen, if Rokeach is trying to put forth halakha, so I don't really know how to justify this according to uh, a regular halakha system. But he leaves it somewhat equivocal. He doesn't really conclude. So what's the halakha al-ma'aseh? He leaves it out of his shulchan ruch over here. So what's the halakha al-ma'aseh on this matter? So no simple answer. Ramah told us the Ashkenazic minhag. What are the Sfaradim supposed to do? Generally speaking, generally speaking, Sfaradim do and should assume that you say Tahanun even without a Sefer Torah. I'm sorry if you were looking for a Kula over here. I'm not giving you it that much. Specifically because there's an extension of the words of Rokeah, this is tradition, this goes back several hundred years, that maybe a Sefer Torah is Lav Bedavka, which means to say not only a Sefer Torah, but any Sifrei Kodesh. My assumption, maybe maybe I'm presumptuous in assuming this, is that everyone has some Sefarim in their home. And even if the, whatever the case may be, they don't have, they're not able to make it to synagogue, Tahanun in their home is still appropriate, even without a Sefer Torah, you might say. But I'm in a hotel room and I don't have a Sefer Torah, I don't even have any Sefarim. Office, I hope even in the offices you have Sefarim. But anyway, even if you don't, Shohan Aruch's Pesach Alacha seems clear that he's not accepting, although it's a debate, he's not accepting that uh, Kula of now that is interesting that he's not accepting it because generally speaking when it comes to Tahanun we're mekil. That's right, we're lenient. Why are we lenient? Whether you should say Tahanun or not. Birke Yosef, Maran HaChidan right here in Siman Kofla Medalef, he explains the rationale on this. In other words, in a situation where I'm uncertain, is this an appropriate situation say Tahanun, not appropriate situation? A few of those situations we'll discuss in a few moments. He quotes the words of Tur. Tur quoted from Rabbeinu Natrunai Gaon. We quoted Bet Yosef from Rivash as well, they cited the Gemara in Masech Bava Metzian Daf If you recall, we told this story two weeks ago. The Gemara over there has the wife of Rabili Ezer making certain to prevent him on a daily basis from saying Tahanun. Until she gets stuck, she doesn't realize that she thought it was Rosh Chodesh, it wasn't actually Rosh Chodesh. Remember the story, Sammy, right? And he ends up saying Tahanun, and as a result, crazy case, her brother Rabban Gamliel passes away. But of course the obvious question, you're letting your husband not say Tahanun, I don't care if you're disturbing him in the middle of Tefillah, he didn't go back to say Tahanun, several ways of resolving it. Either he talked in between Amida and Tahanun, that's why he didn't say it, she got him to talk in between. Alternatively, the words of Rabbeinu Natrunaigon of Rivash is Tahanun is Reshut, Tahanun is quote-unquote optional, it's not obligatory. Now does that mean we don't do it? It doesn't mean we don't do it, it means that in a Makom Safi when I'm uncertain what the halakha is, generally yeah. speaking, when it comes to tahanun, we go lekula. We have other realms like that, even when it's not reshut. Avelut, halakha kedivrei hamekal be'avelut. That's the words in the Gemara. We generally speaking are lenient in matters of avelut, of mourning. That's the halakha for one reason or another. So as a result, it, come, it, it, it plays out that way with tahanun as well. Well, what sort of circumstances might that come up in? Well, there's a very primary circumstance it comes up in, and that is arbit. On a daily basis, many, if not all of us, hopefully, pray Arbit. And when you pray Arbit, you may have noticed we don't say Tahanun, we don't have Hazara, we also don't have Tahanun. Why don't we have Tahanun during Arbit? Now the most simple interpretation, Harambam in his Chot right over there, shortly after the discussion we had um, in his words, he says that there are some who say Tahanun in Arbit. That's what he writes. He says, but Pashat HaMinhag, Pashat Milashon Nafshit, it's widespread not to say Tahanun in Arbit. 
Uh, interesting, <laughs> but again, you're not doing nefilat apayim. Then you're doing vidui in kiriat shema alamita, and maybe we should just push it up to adbit. That's what he says. Says nit pasha the pasha taminhag. He doesn't really explain it. The reason seems clear. It's because adbit fundamentally is reshut. The Gemara Masech Berachot talks about this. Adbit is reshut. Now it's true. Harambam, quoting from Rif, says we accepted it as a congregation, as a nation, upon ourselves, as if it's hova. But fundamentally, adbit, which is structured after hak. It wasn't a korban, it wasn't an obligatory service and worship in the, mish, in the Mishkan or the Mikdash. As a result, Tevilat Arbit is Rashut and has leniencies attached to it. Has leniencies with regards to timing, Harambam makes clear. Has leniencies with regards to Hazarat Ashaz. We don't do Hazarat Ashaz. Even when people didn't know how to pray, you don't know how to pray. You don't get Arbit, Tevilat Arbit Rashut. As well, if Tahanun to begin with is Rashut, it's not Chova, so you're not saying it during Arbit. Does that mean I shouldn't say it? I mean, I want to say it. Alternatively, does that mean that nighttime is problematic for Tahanun, the way we've been describing it thus far? No, right? It's not a nighttime issue. This is not uh, the same he talks about not reading Tehillim at night or Torah Bichtava. That's not the issue here. It appears from what I just told you. Harambam, as a matter of fact, says some people used to do it. Shohan Aruch, interestingly, in Saif Gimal, writes, in Nefilat Apaim Balayla. It doesn't say Ba'arbit. It says Balayla. Should not. And he tells you his sourcing in Beit Yosef. In Beit Yosef, he quotes from Mahari Abu Hab. Mahari Abu Hab was a generation before Maran Beit Yosef and was uh, well versed in Kabbalistic works. And he says, according to Kabbalah, you're not supposed, according to mystical reasonings and understandings, you're not supposed to say Tahanun at night. Which means it's, what's that? Uh, perhaps. I, I, I look to you always for guidance in Kabbalah, Sammy. So you'll give me the full explanation. But what I can tell you is, at the very least, he says, you shouldn't. He goes further. Sometimes the mekubalim, when they're nervous, but they say, and if you do it, you're kotzitz baniti'ot, which means oh, you're really cutting away the foundations and fundamentals of, uh, we stay away from that, right? So it's very clear, and that's what Shohan Aruch is citing over here. You should not have tahanun at night. Says the Ba'er HaGola, Mahari Abuha B'Shem Sefer Serorot, Sefer Serorot is citing this in terms of, with regards to Kabbalah. Well, that being the case, I have, okay, so all right, I won't say it during Arbit. I get the message, no Arbit. But what about the following situation? Sometimes we pray in Halate. Sometimes a person gets stuck praying in Halate. By the time you finish Hazarat Hashas, I want later. You're doing it right before Shkia'ah. By the time you finish Hazarat Hashas, you're after Shkia'ah. It's already almost nightfall, and that's what we do it all the time. So maybe I found your kula, Sammy. Tahanun reshut, and it's all no anna. Shohan Aruch says you shouldn't. In fact, I interesting, interesting. All right. Well, generally speaking, we assume shkia is the cutoff. Uh, generally speaking, that is the cutoff, is it not? Says uh, says Mishnah Berurah from, uh, from 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 again Abraham. So first he says vehata am enefilat apayim balayla. Okay, and so forth. And therefore, he writes, quoting from again, Abraham, if I'm not mistaken, right, we're not certain what that means until night, but I'm assuming for the moment, it means after Shkia, after sunset, he continues, he says, but if it's if it's in between sun and moon, 
So then you can, you say 13, some will say different. Good. 13 and a half minutes, let's, let's round up a little bit. 15 minutes, right? Okay, we could say 15 minutes, which means the Ben Hashem Ashot in between Minhan Arbit, he says you should do it. In fact, Hacham Vadia Yosef, and he Havedat, Hedek Vav, Siman Zayin has a full Siman on this matter. That's an interesting point. Furthermore, furthermore, it happens to be in general Syrians for one reason or another. Don't do Nefilat Apayim and Minhan. Yeah. Why they cut it off? It's yeah. in the Sidu. No, it's, it's in the Sidu. It says in Kol Yaakov, some congregations have the custom to do so. Now, I think that the reason... To say it. To say it. To now, I think that the reason really has to do with this. I think that the reason has to do with that generally speaking in our synagogues, and I think historically and classically, we were getting up to Tahanun after Shkia'ah, and I think as a result, we were, so we were shying Not away from it. I'm, I'm, I'm no, just here we start on time. I'm just, I'm just had, but, but what I will tell you is to say Tahanu nonetheless and Nefilat Tapayim, that happens to be, Hacham Vadya Yosef writes this, and Mishnah Barar is really touching on this, that happens to be no problem. That happens to be no problem for the following reason. Number one, Ben Hashem Ashot, in between Shkia'ah, what we call sunset, and Seta Kochavim, we call that the coming out of the stars. As Sammy said, you're dealing with 13 and a half, maybe 15 minutes or so, right? You're dealing with that time period. What is the status of that time period? The status of that time period is the status of every Jew. What is it? It's neither day nor night. I'm neither American nor Jew, or no, neither only American nor only Jewish. It's the status of Hola Mo'ed. It's neither Hol nor Mo'ed. It's the status of Abraham Avinu. He's not neither a Gir nor I mean, we're always stuck in between, are we not? I always say it about myself. I'm neither Ashkenazic nor Sephardic. Anyway, so it's everything and everything. All right, not even Sephardic. Call yourself Sephardic and you're really Middle Eastern. Anyway, the point is, that's what Ben Hashem Ashot is. It's Safik Laila and Safik Yom. As a result, argue the poskim, and Chacham Vadya Yosef lays them out. He says, well, listen, I'm dealing with a safek time period. I'm not certain, whether this is night or daytime. Which means to say, number one, I might be able, even after nightfall, to be saying, Tahanun, who told you? Harambam told you. Even if you tell me I can't, and I'm following Mahari Abu Hab, well, maybe it's not nighttime yet, right? You follow? That's his argument. He goes a step further. He says these mekubalim, and there are many of them, who are nervous about the dangers of nighttime. His argument is the dangers of nifilat apayim specifically are in a situation where you actually have your head down, where you're actually falling. That touches on what we discussed last week. The reason, by and large, many Svaradim stopped putting their head down, as the Ashkenazim do, is Benish Hai. It's a somewhat uh, recent uh, innovation. It's only a little bit over 100 years old that we stopped doing that. And the reason is because of the words in Zohar. Zohar says, if you do Nefilat Apayim with that Mizmor of Ledavid, then if you do it with the proper Kavanah, you should only Imagine the benefit and greatness you're going to have. If you do it the wrong covenant, think about the tragedy and destruction you're going to bring forth. Oh, I'm scared about that. Says Benish Hai, I'll tell you how to do it. Continue saying Le David, but don't put your head down. You kind of cleared yourself of these metaphysical difficulties that you're going to have. Says Hamvadeh, so well, if that's the case, the issue over here as well, he thinks, stands to reason, is only if you're doing a true nefilat apayim, is only if you're truly putting your head down. If we're already not putting our head down, I mean, it is a call for 
before saying Tahanun with Nifilat Apaim. Listen, the Why? Minhag, no, the it's Minhag is such. It's only Syrians. Go to Israel, go to Israel, I'll go further. I'll go further with only Syrians. No, only Syrians. Say, one second. So for you this do. reason, yeah. not all, not all. No, I've been praying, praying with Syrians. Not always. You could, you could. And not always in the book, Derech Eretz, he says, Yesh Yesh, if I remember correctly on this matter. What I'll tell you is, furthermore, what, furthermore what Syrians do is, on Mondays, we do, uh, we do only one of the passages, right? We do Anshe uh, Emunah. On Thursdays, we do only Tamanu. But any other, not only the Shamish, any other Sfaradi, Eidot Mizrach congregation, they do the whole thing. Now, none of this, unfortunately, none of this bothers me. I'll tell you why none of this bothers me. Tahanun is Reshut. As a result, when there's a minhag, there's already minhag. I'm very comfortable being mekil to the extent that, and I'll mention one last leniency on this matter. Shohan Aruch goes on word and he tells you different circumstances where we don't say tahanun, we don't do nefilat tapaim. So he says, Not in a house of mourning. So it's an interesting question. So in the house of mourning, and the reason is again, in the house of mourning, we're already assuming, I'm, I'm, I'm rationalizing, I'm not speaking al Kabbalah. In the house of mourning, there's already that serious mindset to begin with, and as a result, to bring forth. Further supplications, chalas. Uh, that's I'm rationalizing it in those words. What happens if an avail prays in the minyan? This this was a question more than once in the past year or two. We had someone uh, in, in the building who prayed in our minyan. Should we say tahanun or not? It's never a simple answer to that question. So oftentimes the way we the way we slice this is in the following way. There's no simple answer. The poskim debate this matter. The way we did it in the knesses in the following way was this the minyan on a daily basis that he was establishing as his avelut minyan. If it was, so he transplanted. He lives in the building. He transplanted his minyan to here. Even if he transplanted his minyan. Here, this is a bit avil minyan. You're gonna do a hashkavat at the end, certainly. If alternatively, whatever, he didn't get a minyan that day, and he heck, it came here, then I would say you say tahanun in that situation. Continue shohanaruch velo bebete hatan, and you don't say it in literally the household of a hatan, because that's the way they used to do it over the course of the seven days, they would be in the household. Um, we, of course, by extension, during Sheva Berachot week, during the seven days after the wedding, we don't say tahanun if the hatan is in presence at the minyan. What's the reason over there? Well, if nifilat apayim is a serious, straightforward supplication passage, inappropriate in the context of someone who's rejoicing, he brought the happiness to the kahal. What about on the day of the marriage? This is always a question as well. Morning, it's a Sunday. Morning, it's a Sunday morning. Both I want to talk about. First, I want to talk Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Yet. He's not married not yet. Married. You don't know what's going to be until. We, oh, interesting. Rabbi. Interesting. We always say tahanim. Now, if we were to be consistent, and I mean this, you do it during minha as well. You're doing German oh, yeah. high as well. We don't. The truth is, I thought it was only our thing. In this Mishnah Berurah with Ishmat Zliach, he mentions this as well. That there, he says, "Umin hagenu dafka keshanisuin smuchin leotatefila imzo shachrit omincha sheazen noflin ba al penehem." He's citing from Kafahayim. He says, "The prayer that's closest to the tefilah." Generally speaking, for us, it's going to be closer minha, to closer to the chupa. Excuse me, that's what I meant to say, right? That's the one when you won't. A little hard to rationalize that. In other words, if I need him already, quote, to be rejoicing, well, he's not rejoicing yet in the minha, just like he's not rejoicing yet in the shahrit. All right, we're mekil, b'makom safek. When it comes to tahanun, we say tahanun is reshut. Velo continue shohan aruch bebet hakneset beyom milah, as David said earlier. And that extends to, generally speaking, all the minyanim in the knis. 
of course, it's your lucky you if you pray in a synagogue. There's a lot of minyanim. It's an interesting question. We generally speaking will do it in minhal. Do shohan aruch says velo bebet haknesset beyom hamila. He's still there. Right, right. Now again, but his question is why? It says shohan aruch doesn't say shohan aruch says it's dependent upon. You happen to be right in terms of our practice. The argument is the minhag sounds like it was okay. Anyway, that's what we mentioned. Even in the Kinnis, when you have a hatan, to piece it all together very briefly, just to talk about tahanun in one fell sweep, swoop again. Tahanun is that extension of the tefillah, which once was a lot more personal. In the days of the geonim, it became a little bit more specific, a little bit more codified. The way much of tefillah went, tahanun was one of the latest to go. In other words, whereas tefillah, the way Hanambam describes it, was once a personal attachment to God. You use your words. But we're not really able to do that very sufficiently and appropriately. As a result, came and they established for us the Amidah, the Gemara, which we cited, still mentioned that at the end of the Amidah, each rabbi would, each person would put in their own supplications, their own individual petition, and so forth. All right, over time that fell apart as well, or at the very least, we weren't able to do that any longer. In the days of the Geonim, we were setting forth, you have it already, and said that of Amram Gaon and others, the words to say. That's Tahanun at its, uh, at, at its core. We don't do anything. Eli's father bends forward. Every morning I see him. Fascinating. Bend so the answer is, as I mentioned earlier, Benish Hai. Benish Hai says, Alpiha, Alpiha Kabbalah, Alpiha Zohar. We don't want to mess with that. Ashkenazim, the rationale of the Ashkenazim is they do a different Mizmor and Tehilim. So it's only the combination of bending down and doing the different Mizmor and Tehilim. That's the fear in that circumstance. But what we touched on today was not only the Nifilat Apayim per se, we touched on several other issues. We talked about doing it after nightfall. Generally speaking, we won't. We talked about uh, we, we talked about doing it in the, without the presence of a sefer Torah. Ashkenazim will always be make, as the best of my knowledge, will always be mekil on that. Maybe if they have a sefer, one, a book, a holy book, so they'll they'll still do it. Uh, but Sfaradim, to the best of my knowledge, generally speaking, are mahmir. We talked about the circumstances where there's a occasion in the synagogue uh, where yeah, mahmir to say it. In other words, instead of being mekil, that if you don't have a sefer Torah, skip the tahan. Even at home to say Tahanun. Do you do differently? Oh, I'm interested if you do differently. Because best of my knowledge, that's the way Svaradim always go. And then last, we talked about different circumstances where there's a happy occasion, even a sad occasion with a Beit Avil, in those circumstances as well. The fundamental which underrides all this, because people ask this from time to time. People say, I don't understand. We pray today. Why don't we stop praying? If the answer is Tahanun A historically was a personal petition without that obligatory feeling. And even once it was codified, even once it became a part of the corpus of the tefillah, it was still accepted as a reshut, according to many understandings. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.